Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Today we continue our encounters in Samuel. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 2. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. Before this year is over, may you rejoice over the enemy. Amen. Verse 2, he said, There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. And verse 3 says, Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let no arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. I pray today that every time your actions are weighed, they will be weighty before God. Amen. I can't hear your amen. amen. I can't hear your amen. amen. Verse 4. The bowels of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are guarded with strength. Can you lift your right hand? Any mighty man against you, let their bow be broken. Amen. And where you were stumbling, may you be strengthened. Amen. Verse 5 says, They that we are full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that we are hungry ceased. So the barren had born seven, and she that had many children is waxed feeble. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand again. I declare that where they said you were unproductive, from today be overproductive. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm sure you know that when Hannah was singing this song, she only had one child. And yes, she said she had born seven. She was speaking prophetically. She didn't end up giving birth to seven, but at least she had five. Are you with me? So it's important you keep speaking into your future before you see it. Because you will see it. Amen. I wish your amen will be louder. Amen. Verse 6. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. Which side will you be on? Huh? Among those he killed. You'll be among those he made alive. You'll be among those he made poor or made rich. So, you know when people read the Bible, they say, ah, the Bible said the Lord make it poor. Even if the Lord make it poor, must he make you poor? Are you hearing me? Of course, you know what he's talking about is the principles of God. That when you violate them, you pay a price. When you follow them, it lifts you. Do you understand me? Come on, are you with me? Okay, now let's go forward. He raised up the poor out of the dust and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill. I have never owned the Bible that that passage was not underlined from when I was small until now. I like that passage. 
he raised up the poor out of the dust and lifted up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. Come on, are you with me? One funny thing there, I said they inherit. Somebody say inherit. Uh, are you here? You don't inherit what is not willed to you. Hello? You can possess a throne that is not in your family, but you can't inherit a throne that is not from your family. I don't know if you are with me. So I believe that in the family you belong to, there's an inheritance that goes with a throne. You will sit on that throne. I wish your amen will be louder than that. He said, for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the word upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints. Will he keep you? And the wicked shall be silent in darkness. You know, there are people who are hungry to mock you. They're looking for what to say about you. They will be silent in darkness. God will keep your feet from stumbling. Why? For by strength shall no man prevail. Verse 10. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth. And he shall give strength unto his king. And exalt the horn of his anointing. May you be the one. Yeah. I wish your amen would be louder. Yeah. Verse 11. And Elkanah went to Ramah to his house. And the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli. I'm sure you know what was being talked about here. When Hannah came to dedicate and hand over Samuel to God. Are you with me? We looked at chapter 1 last week, right? Are we together? Okay, now verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. They knew not the Lord. Who are the sons of Eli? Eli was a high priest. Are you with me? His sons were supposed to be priests, assistant pastors, workers, ministering in the house of God. And the Bible said they were useless children. The sons of Eli were sons of Belial. Let me read for you what King, uh, sorry, New Living Translation says about that in verse 12 of 1 Samuel chapter 2. He said, now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord. That's how these boys were described. Are you with me? Uh, are you with me? They were sons of Belial, useless children. Verse 13. And the priest's custom with the people was that when the man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came. While the flesh was in sitting, with a flesh hoop of three teeth in his hand, and he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, all that the flesh who brought up the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came hither. 
people that came to make sacrifice to God, they will come and collect the things that we are using for sacrifice. Hello? Verse 15. And before they burned the fact, the priest servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. This is somebody that came to burn an offering to the Lord. The assistant pastors and their brothers and the people that are working with them comes and says, we don't want you to sacrifice, give it to us directly. Verse 15. Are you still here? Verse 16. And if any man say unto them, let them not fail to burn the fat presently and then take as much as I so desire it, then he will answer, nay. But thou shalt give it me now and if not, I will take it by force. These guys were something else. They were a religious mafia. Come on, are you with me? But can I tell you something that what you see here today happens in churches across Nigeria today. Hello? Hello? They don't use gun and machete and threaten people. They use prophecies. And manipulate people. You are not hearing me. There are some of you here. That people have used prophecy to steal something important to you. Am I talking to somebody here today? That's the sons of Belial. They won't wait for God to bless them. They want to snatch from people. Are we still here? Now. Verse 17. Wherefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. For men abhorred the offering of the Lord. He said their sin God considered very great because they were messing around with his sacrifice. May you never mess around God's sacrifice. Amen. Your amen is not loud enough. Amen. Now look at the Look at the other side of the equation. He said, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, guarded with a lining effort. These guys were abusing, messing around. A child was abusing ministry. May you be that child ministry. Amen. I can't hear your amen. amen. These other ones had titles. They were called priests. Nobody mentioned any title for Samuel. They just said, but Samuel. It's not the title, it's the mantle. Come on, are you with me? If you are with me, say yes. There are a lot of people in a hurry to get a title thinking that there's an entitlement in title. You, is anybody with me? Just minister before the Lord. Tell your neighbor, minister to God. Oh, come and turn to a better neighbor and say, minister before God. Even if you are a child minister, a child will make mistakes, but they are honest mistakes. Come on, are you with me? A child doesn't have fullness of understanding. But you can still minister. You don't have to be the most mature person to serve in the house of God. But serve 
If you have me, say yes. He said, this boy ministered. Don't wait to be a great man. Start with being a great boy. Don't wait to be a great servant of God. Start where you are. Minister from that level. Don't wait until you become perfect in knowledge and wisdom and ability. Let's see you at this moment show passion for God. Is anybody with me? One of the biggest deceptions of the devil is making you feel where you are not mature enough. Listen, it's like parents training children. Have you seen parents scolding children and shouting at children in primary school, in secondary school, even those in the campus and all of that? When a parent is scolding a child, it looks as though parents don't make mistakes. But that's the job of a parent to train a child. Are you with me? Uh, are you with me? The boo-boo that parents produce is more than that of children. Parents make more errors, make more mistakes that carry greater consequence than children. But we train children as if, if they make a mistake, it's bad. Why? We want their destinies to be okay. Are you with me? Uh, are you with me? You got to understand that when we are teaching you in church and trying to raise you up to serve God, we are not teaching you because we are perfect. We are teaching you because we want your life to be sweeter. We want your life to be more meaningful. Now, that should not drive you away from serving God. Am I talking to somebody here? Uh, are you with me? It's like a parent rebuking a child for breaking a plate. That parent, even as an adult, can be washing in the kitchen and the plate break. Talk to me. So rebuking a child doesn't mean don't touch plate again. Don't touch plate again. You say I won't wash again because mommy rebuked me the other time. I don't want the plate to fall out of my hand again. The plate will fall out many times but keep washing. Can I talk to somebody here today? He says somewhere ministered before the Lord being a child. What's your excuse from serving God? What's your excuse from teaching others? And the more you step away from service, the more you prepare yourself for disservice. The more you prepare yourself for a mess. Commitment brings consecration. The more you are committed in service, the more sins begin to drop away from your life. Come on, am I talking to somebody here too? The more you are committed in service, the more some reckless behavior begins to die. Can I talk to somebody here? And as long as you refuse to commit to public service in the house of God, you will still see that the things you need to change in your life will never change. Why? Because there's no motivation for the change. Lift up your hand. From today, grace to serve is given you. When I hear your amen, take your portion. So, someone ministered before the Lord, even though he was a child, so that your child doesn't change anything. Now, verse 19. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when he came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. So everybody here that is minister, you must wear your yearly coat. You are laughing. Hallelujah. If you are with me, say yes. He said the mother will bring a coat for him to use a minister. So all of you that minister here, wear your coat. <laughs> If you are hearing me say yes. 
Okay, let's move on. Verse 20. And Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, The Lord give the seed of this woman. For the loan which is lent to the Lord. You didn't hear. This woman that was barren all these years, Lord give you seed by her for lending God this child. And they went to their home. And the Lord visited Hannah. Somebody here shall be visited. So she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child somewhere grew before the Lord. You can't give God and God not give you back. Maybe I'm wasting time with you. Come on, are you with me? If you're here, say yes. I always worry when people come and testify that God broke the yoke of barrenness in their life and gave them a child and then after the time, they can't find another one and another one and another one and they want more. And I always tell them, go and read the book of Samuel, chapter 1 and 2. Because how you respond to the first blessing determines how the other ones happen. The priest didn't pray a second time. If you help me say yes. The priest didn't pray a second time. When you got the first contract, how you respond to it determines whether the more come. When you got the first lifting, how you respond to God determines whether more come. You don't need to keep looking for breakthrough every year. Make a breakthrough decision and every other thing falls in line. Blessing doesn't come by prayer. Blessing comes by covenant. If you may say yes. So ask yourself, how did I manage the first thing that came into my hand according to the blessing of God? And then that shows you how the others will come. So you are believing God for a child. Your wife is pregnant. From the way you gathered the pregnancy, from the way you spoke to the child right in the womb, from the way you did your naming ceremony, from the way you did the, even the naming of the child, the name you gave the child, from the way you handled the child dedication, the pattern you took determines what happens next. No, you, is anybody getting what I'm talking? I've said it to you some time back. I've seen many times actually in church that somebody got a breakthrough, God gave them a baby, and after five years, six years, seven years, when they got back home, Guess what they will do? They'll come to church on the Thanksgiving day, dance around the church, maybe share their testimony, and the man and his wife will put in an envelope 1,000 naira, 1,000 naira, and drop on the altar and walk home. And then spend 100,000, 300,000, 500,000 to do a party in the house to celebrate with their friends that their desire has been granted. All they gave to God was 2,000. What they used to buy wine and rice and drink is 70,000, 100,000, 200,000. You see the discrepancy that shows you where their honor lies. Can I talk to you? Last week I showed you that when Samuel came to church for dedication, Hannah made sure she came with three cows. Is that in your Bible? And laid it before the Lord. And say, I was barren all these years. God has given me an answer. I need to honor him. She didn't need a second prayer. 
She didn't need to go to Shiloh again and lie at the altar. Lift up your hand. Your blessing will keep multiplying. When I hear your amen, let it happen for you. Okay, now let's rush through for time's sake. Now Eli was very old. And had all that his sons did unto all Israel. And how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all these people. They were not just stealing, but they were abusing the women, raping the women. And these boys were just something else. But look at what their father did. If you have me, say yes. He said unto him, why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all these people. Nay, my sons. For it is no good report that I hear. You make the lost people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they let hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord will slay them. Hello? And the child somewhere grew. Every time they mention them, you'll see him bring Samuel in again. And the child somewhere grew. And was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. One is going down by character. One is going up by character. Lift your hand. By character, go up. Uh, are you okay here? I say lift your right hand up. By character, may your destiny go up. Now look at verse 27. And there came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus said the Lord, did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offering made by fire of the children of Israel? We are for Kiki at my sacrifice and at my offering, which I commanded in my habitation. And honorest thou thy sons above me, to make yourself fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. From them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Can you lift your hand? Let me pray one serious prayer for you and please receive it with a shout of amen. From today, may God not change his mind about your destiny. May God not change his mind about your destiny. May God never change his mind about your destiny. Whatever has abused your destiny before God, by the blood, let it be corrected today. Whatever is making heaven regret your destiny today, let it be corrected before God. In the name of Jesus Christ, any sin, any unrighteousness, any behavior, any character that will make heaven rethink your blessing, rethink your destiny, rethink your opportunity, rethink your promotion, rethink your positioning, rethink your priesthood, rethink your anointing, whatever will make God turn back on you by the blood of Jesus, I change it now in the name of Jesus. Let every record against your destiny be blotted out tonight. Let every record against your life be blotted out.
whatever is written against you by the blood of eternal covenant let it be taken away today let it be taken away today let it be taken away today in the name of Jesus Christ I believe at least for one person tonight destiny is saved it may not be for you but it could be for your neighbor here tonight can we move on the prophet said God said I planned before to keep this in your house but far be it from me wow and he said I tie my decision to honor somebody say honor Let's move on. He said, Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, and there shall not be an old man in thy house. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation, in all the world which God shall give Israel. I'm sure you know this is King James. So sometimes you may not understand the language. That verse means I will bless the people around you so much that you'll be envious of them. That's what God told him. He said, I will bless people around you so much. You will be envying them, but you will begin become a beggar. He said, there shall be no old man in your house. And the man of thine, whom I shall not cut off from thy altar, shall be to consume thy eyes. He said, there are people that will keep alive in your family, and their job will be to make you cry. And to grieve thy heart. And all the increase of thy house shall die in the flower of their age. Somebody say, God forbid. God forbid. Verse 34. And this shall be a sign unto thee, that thou shalt come upon thy two sons, on Hophni and Phineas. In one day they shall die, both of them. Verse 35. And I will raise me up a faithful priest, that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and shall walk before my anointed forever. Can you lift up your hand and say, Father, because of, Jesus, because of Jesus, I stand tonight, I stand tonight as your faithful priest. Faithful priest. I can, because, of Jesus, because of Jesus, I stand tonight, I stand tonight as, your as your faithful priest. Any one of you took your priesthood from Jesus, then lift your hand and declare, because of Jesus, because of Jesus I, stand tonight, I stand tonight as your faithful priest. And I will stand before you all the days of my life. You will build me a sure house. Nothing shall tamper with my destiny. Shout amen like thunder. Verse 36. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left in thy house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and shall say, put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices that I may eat a piece of bread. Wow. What a curse. It's that we kill the ones I need to kill. The ones I live, I keep alive will be to make you sad. And they say your father's house will be a house of beggars. Because the office another is about to take. Whatever covenant promise God made to you. That the enemy is negotiating to steal. I break the hand of that enemy. Okay, today let me just get to one issue we need to discuss. And like we normally do in every meeting. We just take one issue. Last week, we focused on the issue on surviving sea, nothing, days. And we told you that faith and life can thrive even in the days when expected results are delayed. Amen? 
Hannah was still going forward until her answer came. Is that true? And you can go forward until your answer came in Jesus' name. Today, I'll be dealing with just one thing, and I'll be calling it the honor seed. Somebody say the honor seed. Can I hear you louder? The honor seed. He said in that verse 30, he said, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that the house of thy house and the house of thy father shall walk before me forever. But now the Lord said, Be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. I want you to understand that honor can be a seed. Somebody say a seed. An honor seed is one of life's most important seeds. It's a seed that can lift up a destiny. And the absence of it can erase a destiny. Honor seed prompts the blessing of God. Honor seed compels a harvest of honor from men. If you are with me, say yes. Honor seed is one of the important keys to releasing the ministry of destiny helpers. That's very important to you. And wherever a seed of honor is sown, a spiritual memorial is set up against the time of reproach. And tonight, I'm going to just talk with you briefly on that. So you can, be free from today, begin to live a life sowing seeds of honor. Somebody say honor. honor. Can I say honor? honor? Can I say honor? honor. He said, when you sow a seed of honor, you receive honor back. He that honors me, I will honor. Not just God, but even man. When you honor somebody, the person honors you back. Come on, is that true? So it's a seed. It has reciprocity to it. You can get something back by giving it. What is this seed of honor? Number one, the seed of honor is paying respect to authority figures in reverence to, the, to God. It is paying respect to authority figures in respect to God. That's a seed of honor. I need you to understand that. Please, brothers and sisters, are you here? Uh, are you here? I know we have a generation of men, young people who don't respect anybody. Have you noticed that? Huh? Well, when we were children, when you are passing on the road, whether you know the man or not, as long as you look at him and he's older than you, you greet him. What I'm saying, is that true? In this church today, if I'm walking on this road now and some of the young girls and some of the young boys are passing and I'm going across there, some of them will see me and turn the way because they don't know how to greet me. No, you didn't hear me. Are you hearing me? Why? Because they never grew up understanding honor. It's not part of their culture. In the church here now, if you, if you see some of the single brothers moving around and an elderly man is passing by, they don't know how to respond to the person because they never grew up with the seed of honor. Come on, is anybody with me? They never grew up with the seed of honor. But it's important we begin to get it back. Tell you never get it back. Can I say, get it back? First Peter 2.17 says, Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. He said, honor all men. Love the brotherhood. 
Fear God, honor the king. If you're with me, say yes. I, I feel funny when people that are far above you, you are talking with them and they're calling you sir, 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 sir. And it makes me call Lord very that person sir too. Come on, are you with me? Because people that are in place of authority, they, they, they honor others. You honor somebody. Somebody say to your neighbor, honor. You know what the Bible says in Romans chapter 13 verse 7? It says, render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. There are people honor is due to. If you help me, say yes. In your office, your boss. You may not like your landlord, but he built the house you are living in. Come and talk to me. Give honor to him. Hello? The man employed you, give honor to him. Give honor to your leader. Whether political or social, give honor. You put some people in some departments, they don't even know how to honor the person that's their head of department. It's not in their culture. They have this attitude of I'm on my own. Are we still here? Are you still here? You see women who don't know how to honor a husband. They don't know how to, they don't know how to speak to the husband. Well, we, we are all at the same level. Is it just that he's the man? No, you're not at the same level. God asked him to be the head of that house. Come on, are you with me? And every time you dishonor him, your religious head is dishonoring God. I can't hear you now. Most of the women are quiet. If you hear me say yes, you finish abusing your husband and then you start talking in tongues. I'm married to Jesus, Satan, leave me alone. You're a criminal. Come, if you are here, say yes. Please, he said, render to people the honor that is due them. Please learn. It doesn't reduce you honoring people. It doesn't reduce you answering people, sir. I've said it again and again. I don't know if any man in this church has ever called my wife before on the phone or whatever and she didn't answer, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. It's our culture. So that you will have a small vehicle there, have a first degree that I don't even know how you get it. By sorting. <laughs> Suddenly now. Can, can I talk to somebody here? Suddenly now you can't respect anybody. Please calm down and honor people. Tell your neighbor, honor somebody. And the first authority you honor are the authority of your parents. Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that your days may be long on this earth and it may be well with you. That's the first authority you honor. Honor your father and your mother. We live in a generation where nobody respects gray hairs again. The moment somebody is old and the face is looking wrinkled, he has become a witch. And one beautiful prophet is about to prophesy that this is a man killing you. Can I talk to somebody here today? And many of those prophecies have neither head nor tail. 
and you carry them, you begin to disrespect people. You marry into a compound, you disrespect the father, disrespect the mother. Why? Well, I don't like the way they behave. I don't like the way they behave. Excuse me. They raise the young man you marry. They raise the young woman you marry. Outside of them, you won't meet that young man. Respect them. And importantly, one day, one day, one day, you will have grand, you have, you have daughters-in-laws and sons-in-laws. And by that time, they will look at you and have their own reactions to you. Whatever a man sows, that is, am I talking to somebody here today? You must have that attitude. If you're with me, say yes. You can't just be insulting your father-in-law, mother-in-law, and acting as if, I mean, you know. You just enter the house. No brother must visit. No sister must visit. Nobody must come into the house because you are the lion of the tribe of this house. If you are still here, say yes. Can I teach? Why? That man you entered into his house has been having relationship with his family before you knew him. They made sacrifices for him to become who he became. That lady, the mother and father made sacrifices for them to become who they became. Some of them were raised in single parent homes. Where their mother was a divorcee or their mother was a widow and spent all her earnings to raise that boy or raise that girl. And that same mother... You look at her now, she's a witch. She wants to control the marriage. No, you are the one that has a problem. Calm down. I know the woman may be obsessive. I know she may be, you know, intrusive. I know, but if you were her, and that boy is her only hope in life, you will also behave like that. Put yourself in her shoe and honor her. If you show her honor, she will back off. Because why she's intrusive is because she thinks she's losing control. Can I talk to somebody here today? Show her that there's nothing at stake. Show her that you're not pushing her away. The more you push her away, the more she asserts her influence. Because she's afraid of losing her son to somebody. Am I talking to somebody here today? Get into tell your neighbor, honor. Can I hear somebody say honor? So honor, parents. Number two. The honor seed is sacrificially handling a divine assignment even when there appears to be no promise of reward. The honor seed is sacrificially stewarding a divine assignment even when there appears to be no promise of reward. That's the honor seed. That something is committed into your hand. And you sacrificially steward it. You handle it. You walk at it. Even when it looks as if there's no reward coming. That's honor. Jesus said the man was traveling. And took talents and gave to some people. One went and traded with the talent. And brought something to the master. Is that true? Talk to me. Is that true? The master gave him money. And said go and multiply it for me. He looked at the master. He could have disrespected the master. My God. Are we okay? He took the seed and went and traded. And brought back results for the master. When he traded, he made five talents gain. 
He could have stolen two and given the master three. He could have stolen three and given the master two. He could have stolen four and given the master one. Out of honor, he brought back the five to the master. Stewardship of an assignment. If you want me to say yes. I don't know what God has committed into your hand in the house of God. When he brought the five to the master, the master never told her, if you, him, if you bring this, I will reward you. He just said, go and trade and come back. He brought it back on trust. If I lose, let me lose. But I'm a man of honor. Come on, are you hearing me here? A man of honor give honor to any assignment you give to them. I can't hear your amen. amen. Do you know there are many times you give somebody small thing to do in the house of God and they don't handle it with honor. They don't steward any assignment. You can give your brother something to do and he can't handle it with honor. I want to challenge everybody. If it's just to teach a G12, handle it with honor. Are you, are you hearing me? Any assignment you are giving, let there be honor there. Let me give you an illustration. Are we still here? Have you heard of somebody called Uzzah in the Bible? Huh? Okay. What do you know about him? Uzzah was a young man who when David went to bring the ark of God back to Jerusalem, as they were carrying the ark in a, in a truck, in a cart, and pushing the something, the ark stumbled and wanted to fall off. You remember? And Uzzah ran to steady the ark. And the Bible said God made a breach on Uzzah. You know what a breach is? That means that God divided him into two. Just cut him into two. One part fed this, one part fed this. That's why David ran and left the ark for them. Is anybody getting what I'm talking The Bible said it was, the, the, they renamed that place Perez Uzzah. That means the dividing of Uzzah. That became the name of that village. Come, are you hearing what I'm talking about? Because God was very brutal against that boy. Can I tell you something? If you want me to say yes. It's not the first time somebody touched the ark of God. The Philistines that carried the ark of God, they didn't kill them. The Philistines put the ark of God in a cart and sent it and God still collected it. No, you didn't hear me. It wasn't that. Let me tell you the problem. You won't know the problem until you see what followed after. The Bible says when David ran away, and they didn't know what to do with the ark. They took the ark and put in the house of a man that is not a full Israelite. They didn't want to take it to an Israelite. They wanted a stranger to die because the ark is killing people. Come, are you getting what I'm saying? So they took it into the house of Obed Edom. And Obed Edom is not an Israelite, it's a high tide from the same place as Uriah. You remember? Come, are you with me? They took the ark to the house of Abedadim. And what happened? In three months, the Bible said God so blessed them in three months that it became news. Is that true? Question. How long was the ark in the house of Abinadab, the father of Uzzah? 20 years. The ark, Saul left it in their house for 20 years. There is no record in the Bible that God healed any one of them in 20 years. 
that God blessed anything in Abida Dam's house for 20 years. Why? His sons disrespected the ark. 20 years the ark was in their house. House fellowship was in their house. G12 was in their house. Nothing was working. The devil was still messing them up and abusing them. 20 years of serving God without result. That is why when the ark shook and the man ran out to come and do eye service to show that he is interested in the ark, God said, you didn't serve me all these 20 years. It's today in public you want to do eye service. I will kill you here. So everybody will know I don't like you. No, is anybody getting what I'm talking about? You need to understand that. If you tell me you are serving God and service is not blessing you, I ask you, are you serving with honor? Serving with honor is not coming for choir practice. Serving with honor is the attitude with which you came. Come on, can I talk to somebody here today? Stewardship of a divine assignment. Are you excited about it? Is it something that you are very, very excited about? It, okay, let's have a meeting. You come grudgingly. You can be a pastor, you can be a worker, you can be a leader. Or every time they're pushing us, they're pushing us. We are pushing you, but are you happy to be pushed? Are you excited? If you are still here, say yes. yes. We had a vigil with the 70 on yesterday. I told them, I said, listen. I'm planning another vigil on Thursday. You want to come? Lift your hand. You don't want to come? Let me hear. And most of them lifted their hand. We want to come. I said, okay. Let's meet again on Thursday and pray. What's the big deal? You've been sleeping since you were born. Can I talk to somebody? Every night you sleep for 8 hours, 10 hours, 15 hours, some of you. If you wake up, you won't die. Now, we're not pushing you because of anything. We are pushing you to get your life on track for God to use. I can't hear you. Amen. Uh-oh. Is anybody still hearing me here today? Obededom's house honored the presence of God in their house. Friends, whatever your hand finds to do in the house of God, carry it like a sacred thing. Carry it like a sacred thing. Oh my God. Is anybody hearing me? Do you know Samuel's only job in the temple as at this time? To make sure that the light in the temple does not go off. He didn't even do it well. Because one of the nights, Samuel did not trim the light and didn't put oil and the light went off. And yet, God didn't kill him. Because God saw as a boy, he was honoring him. He made a mistake. The light went off. But his heart was right. My God. Am I talking to somebody here today? What are you serving? It's not that you won't make mistakes in yourself. It's not that things are not good. But are you honoring God? Zechariah had only one thing to do in the house of God. All his life to burn incense. And the Bible says he always kept his course. The moment it's his turn, you see Zechariah on duty. He burns incense and goes up. He didn't have the baby, he kept burning. He didn't have the answer, he kept burning. Until one day the angel walks in and says, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. As at that time, he had stopped praying. 
As at that time, he has stopped believing. As at that time, he has lost every hope of having a child. He wasn't expecting a baby anymore. He was just serving because of honor. Am I talking to somebody here today? And God said, no, I can't allow you to go like this. Lift up your hand. Grace to steward a divine assignment receive in the name of Jesus. When I hear your amen, take your portion. When I hear your amen, take your portion. What is the honor seed? Number three. Honor seed is refusing to dishonor someone who appears to have abused grace and invited dishonor. Somebody appeared to have abused grace and invited dishonor and you say, I won't dishonor you. Maybe you are grandfather. Maybe you are stepmother. Maybe you are stepfather. It looks like this man has abused grace and invited dishonor. And you say, me, I won't dishonor you. You are sowing a seed of honor. If you help me, say yes. Can I talk to you? Somebody looked like he has abused grace, even in church. He may be a worker, he may be a leader, he may be a pastor, he may be a member, he may be a G12 leader. It looks like he messed up and invited you to dishonor the person. You saw the mess and said, I won't dishonor you. It may be your own father or your own mother. There are some people, when their father or mother does something negative, the way they raise their voice against their parents, you will think they're age beds. This is what I'm saying. Does it happen? See that in this generation. There's no place of honor. Well, during the last program, I spoke to you when I used the illustration of Noah and his son. You remember? Ah? But let me give you another illustration of a seed of honor. Anybody remember most David and Saul? Come on. Anybody remember David and Saul? I think I have to close here. You're not hearing me. Do you remember David and Saul? Okay. David is doing his work in the bush. They sent for him. A prophet is sent to him. He comes back. Samuel takes oil, pours on his head, and says, you are the king anointed to replace Saul. And Saul is still on the throne. If a prophet came to you now and poured oil on your head and told you, you are the man anointed to replace so and so person, he has messed up. You are the person to replace him. From that day, if you are not careful, you will start looking down on the man. Because you heard that God has rejected him. Please talk to me. Is that true? But not David. Not David. He never occurred to him. It wasn't an issue. They invited him to serve in Saul's house. David went to serve in Saul's house. They went to battle. He came to bring some things to his brothers. Goliath is there shouting. Orgasol is hiding in a cave. David comes and saves the day. And yet David didn't despise Saul. In the midst of that, Saul becomes mental. The Holy Ghost has left him. An evil spirit is troubling him. David is invited to play harp for him so that his brain can come back. And David still refused to despise him. I'm talking to you. I don't know who you have looked at today and the man deserves your disrespect from today. Stop disrespecting him. It's a seed of honor you are sowing. My God. Am I talking to somebody here today? Because in this country, can I tell you something? 
If you help me, say yes. Come on, if you help me, say yes. Can I tell you something? I, I've met a lot of Christians before who have seen some pastors, maybe in Port Harcourt or maybe outside, that had a problem. The man committed sin. You had a story on the newspaper, saw it on TV, did all of those things and all of that, particularly the issue of sexual sin. Let me tell you what people do. From that day, they will never respect the man again. Fifteen years later, they're still talking about what he did fifteen years ago. What God has forgotten, they're still holding against the man. The man has righted his way, has made his way right with God. He's moving in the direction of grace and he's still holding it against him. And yet, in this person that is talking, in his own life, there are boo-boos of yesterday that he believes God has forgiven. What I'm saying doesn't happen. Am I talking to someone? There are messes of last month he believes God forgave him. He's only one God can forgive. God doesn't forgive others. He's only one that can change. Others cannot change. He used to be an adulterer two years ago. And now he has stopped committing adultery. And he believes now that his own has been forgiven and he has changed. But the man that committed 15 years ago has not changed. Can I talk to somebody here today? That's the attitude we see. And they talk, they quarrel. They, that's why everywhere you see all kinds of write-ups against this man of God, that man of God, that man of God. No matter what you hear, never get into that junk. Is anybody hearing me? If you hear me, say yes. I don't care who is right or who is wrong. Who, is, who, who are you that judges another man's servant? It's to his master he falleth or rises. Romans chapter 8. Come on, am I talking to somebody here? To, who are you? Get out of the way. David decided not to dishonor Saul. Now let me tell you how it culminated. If you are still with me, say yes. Do you remember when David ran away? And was hiding in a cave. And Saul came pursuing him. My God, I think I'm talking to a wrong people. And when they were pursuing, he came pursuing him. He came into the cave and forgot and didn't know that David was inside one of the recesses of the cave. And Saul decided to lie down and sleep. He slept up because he was very tired. Abner, his assistant, his uh, chief of staff, slept up. All the soldiers were sleeping, thinking that David was far, not knowing he was just hiding inside. And the Bible says, as they got up, this is First Samuel chapter 26, as they got up, Abishai, who was one of the uh, mighty men of David, saw Saul lying down there helpless. And Abishai said to David, he said, today, God has delivered your enemy into your hand like he promised. He said, ask me to smite him only one, only one. I won't hit him twice. Are you hearing me? He said, just one blow, I won't hit him at all. If you are with me, say yes. And David said, we are not touching him. We are not stretching out our hand against the Lord's anointed. The man is calling the Lord's anointed has been rejected long and he's aware. If he wasn't aware, it's different. He's aware that he's the one who oil was poured on his head when the man's rejection was announced. And yet he called the man the Lord's anointed. He's the one that was ministering to this man that madness would depart from him. And yet he's calling the man the Lord's anointed. 
Can I talk to somebody here today? It looked like a joke. So David called Saul. Why are you pursuing me? I could have killed you, but I didn't kill you. I took your water bottle and all of that. Are you with me? Are you with me? And then David called Abner. Now let me show you what happened there. In verse 22 of that uh, 1 Samuel 26. And David answered and said, Behold the king's spear. And let one of the young men come over and fetch it. Now verse 23. The Lord render to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered thee into my hand today. But I will not stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. And behold, as thy life was much set by this day in my hands, so let my life be much set by in the eyes of the Lord. And let him deliver me out of all tribulation. David said, I could have hurt you. I could have insulted you. I could have dishonored you. I could have killed you. I didn't do so. Therefore, God, let this be a memorial for me. That in my own time, deliver me from my pain. Nobody could kill David. If you are with me, say yes. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you are fighting. I don't know how big you are. Please come down. Where you are going to humility is the key. He gave grace to the humble, but he resisted the proud. Learn to honor people. Whether they are right or wrong is not the issue. You will be right. Can I talk to you? Rise to your feet, I'm done. He that honoreth me, I will honor. And in life, sow the honor seed. Can you lift your hand and say, Father? Can you lift your hand and say, Father? Let me hear you, Father. I receive grace to sow the honor seed. Can I hear a better amen? amen? Lift your two hands to the Lord. Let me hear you say, Father. Can your voice be louder, Father? I receive grace to sow the honor seed. Lift up your hand and say again, Father. Anyone have dishonored intentionally and unintentionally, I repent. Forgive me. If I honor, if I dishonor any father in the faith, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Help me today to give honor as the 